Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast Season 2, Episode 18. Tegan, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing well. Uh, actually, I uh, bust out some of my old Star Wars comic books this week, so I've been going through the old Legacy series, so having some fun with that. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I've looked around for some of the omnibuses and collections they have out there of that stuff uh, to try and get in that, and um, yeah, that's uh, good stuff there. So welcome everyone to today's episode. Uh, cool one here today. We're going to be talking about using the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide within your Star Wars 5e game. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of people often request or ask for, is there a DMG for Star Wars 5e? And generally the response is just use the one from 5e. And so I think sometimes uh, even in a traditional 5e campaign that can get neglected. And so we're going to dig out a lot of cool things that you can bring into your game. Uh, first off, though, announcements on our end. Of course, check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com for access to all of our content, this podcast, our YouTube channel, uh, Twitch channel for live plays. We have uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to buy some DJM merch, we have a web store there. And then, of course, our Patreon, which helps uh, support this podcast, all our content we create. And as well, if you're a member of that Patreon, you do get some exclusive benefits. Uh, we have some new Patreons to give a shout out to. Uh, we have a tier three uh, Cakeman who is uh, one of the, uh, I believe he's one of the founders of the um, Star Wars 5e Foundry team. Uh, so we appreciate having him around and all the work that him and his team are doing for that, uh, the Foundry VTT. And uh, we have uh, Jay as well, who took advantage of that annual discount on tier three. And then two tier two members, Ray and David. So thank you very much to you new members, and of course, to all of our existing Patreons. We appreciate it very much. And speaking of that exclusive content, uh, it will be coming out. Uh, the next, Our next uh, Patreon adventure chapter will be coming out. And for Tier 3, you do get early access to this one week. So that will be on the 28th of September. Uh, Tegan, tell us about the next chapter in our adventure. Definitely. So this is kind of the, the chapter leading into the finale and uh, what the group will be able to do this time is with uh, the uh, rebellion to retake Alderaan from the Empire. Uh, you're going to need some good gear and some good weapons. Uh, so the crew is going to be set up to, to pull off a heist. Uh, so this will be a bit of a heist type scenario where the group has to get in, get the weapons out and hopefully do so safely. So uh, this will be a fun one to kind of mix it up a little bit uh, from the other adventures and give your players uh, kind of that uh oceans 11 feel a little bit awesome yeah heist are a great concept for any tabletop uh campaign session etc so that'll be uh, a good one for sure so as i mentioned if you are a tier three patreon you will be able to see that uh a week from today's podcast and then uh for tier two members that'll open up the following week on the 5th of october crazy that it's already october for real <laughs> 
Uh, so also, uh, we also like to give out, you know, we try to do a freebie at least once a month as well. And that's coming up around here in the middle of the month. And so I recently used uh, in another game, uh, the GM used a character connection uh, system from the game Fiasco. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, you should. It's a super fun game. Uh, and But the little bits that we used is their play sets uh, to connect the characters together. And uh, it starts with uh, relationships, how they're connected, and then there's needs, what your character needs, and there's other aspects to even help build the world in the game. So uh, just something that I thought I'd put together uh, themed for a Star Wars 5e game and give you all a way to try this out and see if this works. Because um, I think, you know, character connections, backstory connection uh, tools are awesome to have. And they really, you know, in, it's instead of just you meet in a tavern and then why the hell do you know each other? You know, you really create some roots amongst each other. And uh, this is a potential way to do that. So that will be a freebie on our Patreon, but free to anyone that wants to grab that. Uh, Tegan, there are some some pretty big uh, Star Wars 5e pieces that were just released the past couple weeks. Um, and we're actually going to push those, instead of mentioning them today as we do, we're going to push those to a separate episode. But tell us about uh, those recent releases. Yeah, definitely. So quite a few things have come out recently. Uh, and the nice thing is they're all kind of customization pieces, which as Todd mentioned, we're going to have a whole episode about. Uh, but they had some fun stuff in them too. So uh, the big ones uh, that have come out uh, since our last recording, uh, they've got some new multi-class splash sheet, uh, splash cast uh, with different things you can kind of, uh, feature you can take to add different elements to your class. And the nice thing too with this one is it actually, it's a feat you can take, but it also gives you guidelines for replacing placing certain class features with one of these items. Uh, so just kind of a good way just to give more options. And that's one of the things I love with the system is there's so much, so many different options, so many different ways you can take it. And I know sometimes it can be a little overwhelming, but I just love having that flexibility. So you can really just build out something that completely feels unique, uh, which is kind of a cool upgrade from the regular 5e system. Uh, Outside of the multi-class piece, they also did some weapon focuses. So uh, that one's pretty recently. It's just different uh, items or kind of uh, feats or things you can do uh, to improve the weapon that you like to utilize. So there's different things for sniper rifles to lightsabers, just different ways you can really go in with the, uh, your weapon and just make sure you're getting the most out of it. Uh, and we're, we're going to kind of go in depth on those different options and uh, things you can choose next time for it as well. Uh, just so you kind of know how it works and how best to integrate into your campaign uh, but these are definitely ones I recommend checking a look at as uh, if you're a player or a DM because there's just some way cool stuff that's going on with that uh, and also too there's going to be an upcoming website change related to these new customization options as well uh, so there's going to uh, be a whole I think a tab that's going to have just customization options under the character thread uh, you can click that and it'll bring you to where the fighting styles lightsaber forms weapon focuses uh, and uh, all of these new options will be at too. So I don't think that's, I think it's coming up in the next couple of weeks or month maybe. So keep an eye on that. If it changes, don't freak out. Just click customization options. You'll be able to find everything. Yep, definitely. Yeah, all those feats, all those other things that fall under that category. Uh, just moving around because otherwise that list would get pretty long. So, but yeah, that'll be a good one because uh, as you mentioned, Tegan, these are pretty extensive. Uh, so it'll be good to just break down uh, what these offer. Um, yeah. With that, uh, I think we come to our podcast, uh, our subject of the day, uh, as we mentioned, using the DMG for Star Wars 5e. So this is a, a great uh, 
source book, rule book uh, for the fifth edition. And, uh, you know, if you haven't really gone through that, you need to, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I can admit that I've, I've thumbed through it myself and there's still plenty of things that I probably haven't caught as well, but, uh, you know, there, take time to sit down and do so. And, uh, you know, you might surprise yourself what you can find. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of that though, here today. Um, Tegan, you know, tell us what some of the things that stand out to you, uh, initially that, uh, you would bring into, uh, your game. Definitely. It's just, I've actually been kind of on a reread of this lately. Uh, and that's one thing I'd recommend too, because a lot of DMs who kind of looked at it first, like read it when they were like kind of just brand new. Uh, a lot of it just, just kind of goes over your head or is just kind of goes in one ear out the other. Uh, so I was just kind of curious. I was uh, talking to a new DM and I encouraged him to take a look at it. So I decided to take a look at it myself again. Uh, there's a lot of cool resources in there. And a lot of times as a DM, when you're trying to make a scenario or do something, you just decide to reinvent it. But a lot of times the DMG may have some type of resources in there. Uh, like for my traditional D&D campaign, I was looking for something for madness and different effects along that line. Uh, and I was going to kind of, I was Googling things to see if there's any like uh, inspiration was I was going to recreate my own rules for it but then found out it was right in the dmg uh so that, that's probably one of the biggest pieces that there's something that you think the system is lacking and sometimes it may just truly be lacking but check out the dmg uh it's organized terribly but there's some really cool information within it yeah and i think uh, to your point there is even if you don't use it you know word for word or whatever the inspiration is there and it helps and it it can do a lot of the legwork for you you know maybe you're struggling with uh you know how to run a chase or you know you mentioned the madness stuff tegan and and you know you see that and okay there's a lot of good things here but it's not you know exactly what you want but you have some building blocks you don't have to do it all from scratch and and that's kind of i think the the main point here is to do that so um Start us off, Tegan. What's uh, one, of, one of the first things that you would uh, pull out of the DMG uh, to bring over to your Star Wars game? Definitely. And the nice thing with this is while it is, it has a fantasy tinge to it, a lot of this information is kind of agnostic, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, but the first spot I would check out uh, is uh, the, kind of the first section where they call it a world of your own, but for Star Wars, a galaxy of your own. Uh, and it goes over some great tips for creating your own campaign and just different ways to kind of lay out your campaign. Uh, and one of like the, my favorite pieces with it, too, is just kind of how they introduce it. Uh, so basically when you get in there uh they go over just some different things some of these things may not fit in with your world because a lot of them at the start they'll talk about the gods and mapping out your campaign with star wars you've already got an established universe so you can kind of skip over those factions uh but the cool thing with them though is they just really give some good information on just how to take a look at building out your campaign because a lot of times as i've seen this on the discord and i've seen this like reddits and even just talking to people when they want to kind of dm their own campaign they think it's just it's it's a lot of information that goes in there uh but one of the first chapters they really go into it is just kind of starting small uh so just kind of focusing on that first little area uh that you're going to begin so that starting point whether uh you're starting on tatooine or halt or whether you want to have it just kind of having one little location to start off have that first adventure first few adventures there and you can kind of build out from there uh and then as the party goes and does more things you can kind of build out the local region uh and then actually build out that whole adventure so it just kind of makes it easier if you kind of start at that one little area and then go out versus trying to do everything and come in. Yeah, I think what that's one of the big things I hear about as well, especially with the element of starships in Star Wars, you know, obviously, is is that overwhelmingness of 
oh shit, you have this massive galaxy available to your players. How do you control that? You know? And of course, one is don't give them a starship, <laughs> but two, just, you know, don't be overwhelmed about that as a DM. Just as you said, Tegan, pick a single planet, pick a city on a planet and start there and then see what happens, where do players go? I mean, there's going to be so much stuff. You could do an entire campaign only within Tatooine or, or you know, Moss Eisley in that area, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to fly across the galaxy. Of course, if you want to, if the players want to, but there's no, there shouldn't be any pressure uh, to do so. Definitely. And this kind of gives you that. And, and the cool thing too, especially if you're starting at lower levels, you can even have that first area before they get their ship. And once they do that first adventure, they can get their ship and then get some freedom too. So it just gives you some flexibility. As uh, Todd mentioned, to learn about your players and see what kind of drives them. Uh, and then they kind of know where you can build out from there versus trying to build out everything and burning yourself out and just having a lot of wasted effort. So that, that's kind of one of the cool pieces there with the, the kind of the start small spot. Uh, the other piece, and this has kind of been uh, some of the conversation lately in the, the Star Wars, uh, not the Star Wars 5e, our Discord, the Dungeon Jedi Masters uh, Discord, was people setting the stage for their campaign. So uh, who was it? I saw uh, somebody just really posted their new Session Zero and uh, some of the information. Ray Zombie, on. yeah. he is Amazing documents he's put out there. If you're not on our Discord, hop over to the Dungeon Jedi Masters Discord. And um, yeah, one of our new Patreons, Ray, uh, real cool dude been chatting with him as well and some things but he sent over some a session zero document and stuff and it's just it's amazing amazing stuff to see yeah, definitely and I, I think even like the the uh, the dungeon or not dungeon, dungeon masters the dungeon uh master's guide there we go uh it has like uh with that set the stage like it recommends like giving that information to your players giving them some information like some hard information on the setting or the prompt uh just different things so they can have like a reference when building out their characters um for hunted i kept it pretty simple but for my past star wars 5e game and my current DD game uh, i usually like make a little google powerpoint thing with just different information on the setting races things like that, what's going on in the galaxy right now, uh, major players and all that, just so when people create their character and kind of get into the mindset, uh, they've got something kind of hard to reference back to and kind of look at that as they're building. Yeah, that helps a lot as as, as a player to, to have that information. And, um, you know, then it, it yeah, it, it, I think it makes them feel like they're more included in the world uh, as opposed to just constantly uh, hey, DM, do I know, does my character know this kind of thing? And, you know, there's things that they would pull out of it. So, uh, yeah, great, great thing to provide. The set the stage piece, it gives you kind of like the the chapter goes over, the kind of a little paragraph for this one, but it gives you some great information on what to include, different aspects on that side. And the DMG just really sets it up. Uh, and this one is perfect because it's completely agnostic. It uh, doesn't like all like traditional fantasy. It's just for starting off a campaign, what should you give your players? Uh, so definitely a cool piece there. Uh, and that kind of ties into that next piece too for the tips for creating a campaign, which is involving the characters. And this is another one that's kind of a short and sweet one, but it just gives you some cool tools uh, to bring in characters' backstories within your kind of the, the starting and their narrative. Uh, so you kind of know what's going on with them and kind of work them into the stories because everybody likes to have their hero kind of be a part of that main narrative and this gives you some cool tips for just doing that and kind of making it more organic as you do so too yeah getting uh you know that's another kind of i was talking about the fiasco uh playset thing um with that you know the, op the options are there and you could customize that but that's part of the thing is you build the world together uh and, and with star wars when you're playing in star wars you're obviously going to have a lot of things that are established but 
you know, there's there's so much opportunity to make things your own. You, you know, you're not going to have specific characters, NPCs uh, necessarily. So you can make those up with your with your players, with your party, businesses, organizations, things like that. So absolutely. There's definitely so much that can go into that. And the nice thing too, especially if you're looking at like you're kind of building a campaign and like you're still a little iffy on how you want to have everything set up in this chapter, uh, they've got like a thing called campaign events and it goes over like how to kind of get events in motion for your campaign, but it also gives some cool role tables too uh, for different events that could be taking place right now in your campaign. Uh, and the nice thing is like they all work in like traditional fantasy or Star Wars sci-fi fantasy. Uh, like one of them's like a world-shaking events and you could roll a D10 and uh, if you got like a, a four, it's an assault or an invasion. So you could say that you roll a four and get like a, somebody's invading uh, Coruscant and you can kind of make up a story from there on who would be invading Coruscant, why, and uh, it just kind of gives you a good prop there and a little bit of randomness too uh, to keep everything building. Definitely some cool stuff with uh, the tips for creating a campaign. Uh, the only other thing I would say out of the, the world of your own uh, chapter, there's just some cool things for, I think, for reference on there, especially for setting up like your session zero or uh, even just as you're going through the campaign thinking about how to set everything up. Uh, the one thing is play style. Uh, so they go pretty in depth into like the different, uh, or not super in depth, but pretty, it gives you a good core of like the different split and play styles as well as kind of how to do a balance of both worlds. Uh, so they go over kind of the hack and slash play styles, as well as immersive storytelling, uh, and just different things people may want out of the campaign. Uh, and then allows you as the DM to kind of take a look and read those and kind of figure out what you may want out of the campaign uh, and be able to communicate that with your players clearly and just give them a kind of a cool heads up before they get into the campaign, kind of what you want to do and what to expect with the, the game. Yeah, always good to mention that. And if you want to restrict species or whatever, restrict something else in the in the game, you know, you have you have a right to do so. Just make sure that everyone at the table is on board with with all those choices. And, you know, some of that, you know, leads into the play style um, in, in some some areas. But yeah, you know, just as long as everyone's on board, and it's good to good to set those uh, things up front, though. For sure, and just kind of makes life easy on that side. Uh, the only thing for that chapter, this was super easy, but I take a look at the tiers of play, uh, and basically this kind of uh, for those who aren't familiar with the tiers of play, it's uh, each there's a kind of grouping of levels that kind of all fit into different pieces uh it's like one tiers one through four uh are called kind of the uh one of the local heroes tier uh so this could be more small time stuff uh and translating that to star wars 5e uh even star wars setting this may be you know, you're doing some odd smuggling jobs or you're uh doing some grunt work for the rebellion like you're not you're not too big but you're just doing some stuff that uh, maybe the local soldiers or the local smugglers couldn't handle uh and kind of building a name for yourself uh then levels five through ten where you're heroes of the realm this may be your active leader of the rebellion you're uh doing some pretty cool things like you're one of the people they turn to for some of their bigger missions but you're still not you're not like luke skywalker or anything like that yeah you're just kind of one of their kind of go-to people uh after that levels uh, 11 through 16 which is masters of the realm this is where you're kind of in that uh luke skywalker obi-wan kenobi tier where you're kind of the go-to person for uh anything that happens they're going to turn to you uh one of the, like the rebellion's aces in the holes they pull out when they need a mission to be executed flawlessly uh everybody thinks of you you're well known you've got a pretty strong reputation uh throughout the galaxy 
Uh, and then you got that last year, which is 17 through 20, which is like you're pretty much a living legend. Uh, people know of you. Uh, they, they don't really – people may not even completely believe all the different stories they've heard about you just with all the crazy stuff you've gotten into. Uh, like, this is like uh, – for using the sequels, this would be kind of like Luke uh, after he retired or when he's like kind of on the uh, – kind of segmented himself off from the galaxy uh, when he's hearing those legends. And people may not completely believe him but know he's done some crazy stuff for the Rebellion. Yeah, the great, uh, great examples there, Tegan, uh, for each of those, and uh, just kind of keeping in mind, uh, you know, what's what the original authors of of the game had in mind for for each uh, each section here. Great stuff. Great first section here to pull out of the DMG, and uh, another good one, which I think is going to be um, definitely generally, you know, uh, this is obviously all very DM focused, but this one here is going to be pretty big, uh, creating adventures and NPCs. Uh, lots of great, even though, as you said before, that this is more geared towards fantasy, uh, certainly the concepts are going to apply towards your Star Wars 5e game. Definitely, and they've got some fun stuff in here. Like, especially if, if you haven't read in a while, just take a look through it, because uh, uh, we definitely won't be able to kind of do it justice the whole book uh, in this podcast. But uh, there's just some really cool things to think about uh, as you're going in. Uh, like they break out the elements of an adventure, or actually elements of a great adventure, I should say. Uh, they go over just kind of different tropes or things that they have in common, and just things you should think about as you're building in the adventure. Uh, so cool stuff there uh the big thing though i will touch on though for this side uh is just kind of the different types of adventures they mentioned uh, and i think this could be a good thing and i know adventures may have different elements thrown in there like sometimes it may be a bit of a mystery sometimes it may be a bit of a heist adventure uh but this goes over kind of what you want your core adventure to feel like uh and it kind of goes over different ways you can set them up uh, as well as even different hooks you can make with your venture uh so like they go over the kind of the, the five or the four adventure types that they reference and there's definitely tons more uh but they go over location-based adventures event-based adventures mysteries and intrigue uh and they kind of go over how to build out those adventures uh and even give you some different role tables you can use if you're kind of stumped and need to have some different goals for the adventure uh how to build those in there uh it's like uh one of them is uh so like event-based adventures, which I had some pretty cool role tables. Uh, they go over how to build the event-based adventure. Uh, they even give you some tips on with starting with the villain, determine the villain's actions, uh, and then you even get a role table for the villain's actions for different things they can do. Uh, like uh, if you rolled a six on those or a five on those, it would be a serial uh, crime spree that the, the villain's going on. Uh, and then they go over different goals uh, that the party may have with going after this villain. Uh, so just some cool stuff there and just really some good framing uh, on how they build their adventures and even gives a little bit of oversight on how they touch on their own published adventures. So easy to apply to Star Wars. A lot of this chapter is agnostic. Well, some of the roll tables may have some fantasy elements. They're pretty easy to reskin if you wanted to, to fantasy, but just uh, the information within is just some really cool pieces you can kind of read over, pull out, and easily apply uh, as you're building out your own Star Wars 5e adventure. And all of these, Tegan, would easily be, you can look at these in, in a couple senses of, of if you were doing a one shot or if you wanted to use some of these, you know, event uh, adventure types, you could kind of stretch it out as, as the longer form campaign, right? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, these can just be like a one shot or a small arc, or uh, they even go over uh, in the next chapter uh, how to connect your adventures into a campaign, uh, which is kind of a really cool chapter on that side because that's not something that gets talked about too much, but uh, it just gives some really cool tips on how to really can build those connections between adventures and even talks about downtime pieces, which Star Wars 5e does really good, but gives some other options on how to link in that downtime between the campaigns. Excellent. The, the only other big thing with this chapter, I would say, and this one is something I see a lot on the Discord for Star Wars 5e, uh, is to check out their Creating NPCs chapter. Uh, this, it's really cool. They go over uh, both how to design NPCs, uh, it's just like different traits, mannerisms, distinctive features, and they have role tables for all of these two that would work well with Star Wars 5e. Uh, it's some really good information that you can go into. Uh, like uh, for this, Taking a quick look at designing the NPC, uh, it just goes over like uh, things you want to have in there to help them stand out and be remembered by the party. Because I know that can definitely be a challenge. You want everybody wants to make memorable NPCs and have them the party kind of latch onto them. And this gives you some cool, quick reference things you can pull in there, either using the roll table or just going through and figure out what you'd want to include uh, without having to spend too much time just kind of pouring over and trying to find a spark for the NPC. Yeah, and uh, actually just recently I did, uh, I think it was the re most recent table on uh, Instagram, so make sure you go follow Instagram for things like tables. Uh, but I was pulling from the Star Wars Saga edition. Uh, it actually, I think it's, it actually, might, the edition before, the D20, Star Wars D20, ver um, Galaxy, I forget what they call it, uh, basically their version of the DMG. But uh, they have a great section on NPC um you know, mannerisms and things like that as role tables as well. So, uh, which, which I think some of that stuff is in the 5e DMG as well. But um, yeah, just a great thing to, to help uh, bring some life to those characters. So definitely there's a lot in those ones. So I highly recommend checking that. If you check out nothing else, check out that piece. Uh, there's some really cool pieces in there that you can bring in pretty easily to Star Wars 5e and just make it easy and just take a lot of the effort out of uh, having to build those NPCs. You can kind of quickly round them out, throw them in there and make them uh, memorable for the party. The other cool thing that's in this section, and this is one that we've kind of touched on on different other uh, podcast as well as videos. It goes over creating encounters. Highly recommend. This is definitely one to, to check out and just go over kind of everything they touch on in this because it just really gives you some more information on uh, what type of difficulty you're presenting with your CR and they go over uh, the challenge rating more in depth too uh, as just well as how to build that out throughout an adventuring day uh, to make sure that it's reasonable and fair and kind of balance to the party but also at the same time challenging them and make sure they have to make smart decisions with their abilities and different pieces with their uh, so they kind of go in depth on this they go over how to create an encounter uh, they go over the different Kind of classifications in there too the easy medium hard deadly uh and i and I've, all, I've said before in other videos too that they kind of are misnomers but then when they explain them in there too it gives you a little bit more of kind of what they're expecting with those kind of everybody thinks deadly and they think that's going to be a, kind of a likely a death will occur at the party but uh it's just going to be usually just required some good resources and if you throw enough deadlies there could be somebody dying but just one deadly on its own won't uh and it also goes over to 
the numbers and thresholds for it. Uh, if you wanted to do it by hand, you can do it there. I've also, I think, linked in one of my videos the, the website I usually use to uh, calculate the numbers for me, so I have to do it myself, uh, the 5th edition calculator website. But this just goes over their thought process and how everything flows in. Uh, and I definitely recommend, even if you use that website, to just read this out because it just really gives you more of their mindset of how they design the system so you can kind of play against it and play, kind of work around or work with uh, their own guidelines and kind of utilize them to your own campaign. Definitely a very, very valuable uh, section within the book. Um, you know, it's something that even, you know, as, as my experience continues to grow, I kind of, I find myself referencing uh, the information in here just as, as I'm looking to create different encounters and things. And, uh, you know, it's, it definitely takes a uh, practice to, to really get a handle on it. Sure. They, they even have some cool suggestions too, like if you ever, uh, for like creating like additional elements to combats too. So like uh, uh, if you wanted to add in like a difficult terrain or like a elemental effect that's uh, affecting the party but not the enemies, uh, they have like a, a section called Fun Combat Encounters uh, that you can kind of pull from and uh, just really get some good information for, uh, as well as like the different kind of things that can modify an encounter difficulty or make it harder or easier than you expected. Uh, just so you kind of know that ahead at a time just in case they get into an encounter and something tweaks and it's going to make it difficult or more more uh, even easier than you expected so you kind of know how to play with it on the fly awesome yeah great great uh, great stuff all around in, in that section uh yeah anything else in that chapter or so those are the big things in that chapter. Uh, the next two chapters are, are two of my, or outside of creating encounters, these are two of my favorites. Uh, it's Running the Game and the Dungeon Master's Workshop. Uh, Running the Game has some really cool things, and uh, I'd really recommend people check this out, especially if you're kind of newer to DMing and you have like, questions about kind of how to set up exploration or socialization. Uh, they go pretty in-depth on how to do this, uh, especially because like, I hadn't really read that one in depth uh, until recently, the socialization piece, uh, they give you some really cool tips for kind of handling out the RP side of things and uh, working with uh, NPCs' attitudes towards the players. Uh, it actually give you some pretty, like, uh, good guidelines on there, some good rules for it, uh, which could really help out and make things easier, uh, like uh, different things like starting attitude, how to play out the conversation, and when to call for a charisma check, and what DCs to use for them. Uh, it's just really cool things that can uh, help make your life easier, uh, and just give some cool tips on the role-playing aspect as well. Yeah, that specifically, you know, that kind of socialization, the, the mannerisms um, of the of the other PCs, uh, as we talked about at the beginning, that uh, I, I actually I use this in a different system. Savage Worlds has this laid out as well, and and just because I was playing with that, that I used that, and I was like, hey, I'm going to use this in Five E, you know, of course. And then it's already exists in its own way in the DMG, uh, you know, in its own way as well. So um, yeah, dev that specifically is is a great little tool for NPCs. Uh, but everything else in general, um, great to go through and, and see what's there. Definitely. And there's other cool things in there. Uh, the Madness Table, I've already mentioned that, but that one's cool. And for Star Wars 5e, this fits perfectly. Like if you're uh, in some place where like the dark side is strong and may play in people's sanity, they've got different tables for short-term effects as well as long-term effects. And you can 
excuse me, decide kind of which one you want to apply in that scenario. Uh, and they all work pretty much across like the uh, the mediums on that side. So they could be a great way to, to wrap that in. If you're either delving with the dark side or there's some traumatic event happened and uh, you think it may kind of mess with uh, their, their own sanity, uh, this could be a fun one to put in for players that like it. The only other big thing from the run of the game chapter I would mention is they've got some fun rules for chases, too. Uh, so I actually just use this for my traditional D&D campaign. Uh, but this is a, a really cool way to handle chasing while still giving them some combat options. Because uh, the hard thing with regular combat is, like, everybody, pretty much everybody moves 30 feet unless you move more, which if you move more, it's pretty much game over for the combat or for the chase. Uh, this gives you, if your players decide to run away or something changes in the battle, you can change it from a straight up battle to a chase. Uh, it has some fun ways to do that with uh, kind of being able to dash a number of times equal to your constitution modifier, plus three, I think. And there's other cool rules and uh, random encounters and pieces you can put into a chase just to keep it lively and uh, make it more interesting than everybody kind of moves their 30 feet and kind of chases each other, kind of always just continually moving away or catching up to each other. It just kind of makes it a little bit more dynamic. Definitely, especially when you transition, as you said, like if you go from a, a, if you're playing on a grid with a combat and then you run away, you know, what's the best way to, to transition to that as opposed to just, all right, let's draw out more squares and that gets tedious. So, you know, the chase concept is great to have and, and uh, do something like that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, one other piece in here I know, Tegan, that you got on the list is uh, exploration, and that's probably a piece that uh, maybe gets a little neglected or or just because, you know, it's difficult to figure out what's the best way to handle that. Definitely, and this is probably the one I probably do the worst with. Exploration is one of those ones that can be hard to do, Like, uh, and this is one I think the DMG gives some cool tricks, uh, which apply to Star Wars 5e too, uh, to help like, set up their exploration side. Uh, it goes over how to set up like a travel pace, your dungeons, uh, as well as how to have a character track somebody and kind of move through the wilderness. Uh, this is what I'm probably trying to utilize a little bit more because I stay out of the three tiers. I probably ignore exploration the most, uh, but this just gives some cool rules for it uh, to be able to bring it in, uh, make it work for the game without it being too crunchy or too kind of abstract uh it just make it kind of flow well and kind of give that third tier a little bit more support yeah certainly a fun one uh you know especially if you wanted to do a little bit more of like a hex crawl style game and really let them go and and open up um you know certainly yeah good stuff there all right well uh we're getting close to the end here and i think this chapter is going to be a, a big one obviously uh as you mentioned the dungeon Masters Workshop or the Dungeon Jedi Masters Workshop <laughs> around here. And uh, this is all going to be just that, creating monsters, spells, etc. Uh, Tegan, run through how we can, you know, utilize the information for that and, you know, any tweaks we need to make to do so. And the cool thing with a lot of this is it all kind of fits pretty well uh, with the Star Wars 5e system at base. Uh, so like it goes over for crafting things with adventures and different styles. Like uh, it gives you things to do for like fear and horror style adventures. To, so check that out. Uh, so gives some good information on that side. Uh, it also gives over some different variant options as well. And the nice thing, I think all of those have been ported over uh, outside of Honor and Sanity, uh, which can be a kind of a fun one to play with, especially if you wanted to play like a, kind of a, a dark side, like a 
Sith that's really kind of going off and playing off the other character's sanity. This could be fun for like a one shot or different things like that, or just how they're viewed uh, with the reputation across the galaxy for their honor score. Uh, so those are definitely ones I would check out and kind of see if you could adapt to your Star Wars 5e campaign. Uh, but for the others, uh, they're all just pretty easy ones to implement. Uh, they go over how to create a monster, and I know we've touched on that in different videos as well, uh, but this gives you kind of like their guidelines, their kind of uh, what they recommend, what the creators recommend. Uh, my only piece when making those is uh, the CR values, which I should have mentioned too for creating an encounter. Uh, Star Wars 5e characters are stronger, so if you do go out and spend some time making a monster, just make sure to kind of verify that in and buff it up a little bit more than even deadly would be considered, uh, just to make sure it doesn't get smashed that first round. Uh, but it just gives you some good guidelines uh, that outside of considering that their characters will be stronger with this system are super compatible and flow easy. Other things, too, with this, especially with Star Wars 5e, they've got a lot of options on there, but in case there was an option you thought wasn't there that should be uh, a favorite species that you like that nobody's been able to build yet or a force power that you think should be there but isn't, they go over how to create a spell, which is pretty much the same way to create a power, whether it be force or tech. Uh, in the Star Wars 5e system, they give you some guidelines and some rules and how to figure the damage to tier level and effects to tier level as well. Uh, so just really some cool guidelines on that so you don't go off on your own and make something that's either too overpowered for its level or too underpowered for its level. Uh, I just got to make sure everything flows right for it. Uh, and same thing too for species, uh, even gives you options on how to modify a class. Uh, I know for regular DD that there's not too many classes or uh, subclasses for it, so it's definitely kind of tempting to do so. Star Wars 5e, I think, has the benefit of having like 100 of them, so you may not need to do that as much, uh, but just in case you needed to, you can get, it gives you how to modify that, change uh, proficiencies, change bits of the classes and different uh, features to make it easy. Yeah, uh, you know, all that stuff is is so nice. As, as we, I mentioned earlier, I think about, you know, not not doing this stuff from scratch. It all exists. It's here. Look at it as inspiration, as a building block and, you know, run with it. You know, sometimes it's as easy as just converting the fantasy verbiage to the, you know, space western Star Wars verbiage, whatever. It's, it's just that simple. And then there you go. And and all this stuff helps you and, uh, you know, then you just don't have to be able feel frustrated that uh, you need to uh, do it from scratch and you're lost at that. So uh, massively valuable tools in there as well. Um, I was just kind of flipping through the DMG myself as we as we discuss this here. And, you know, in the appendix, they talk about the uh, random dungeons uh, that has great tables, uh, starships. Guess what? That's basically a dungeon. Uh, you know, if you're running through, you know, if your players uh, board a uh, you know, a, a Star Destroyer or whatever else. Um, you know, there's so much great tables on like, okay, roll for stairs or roll for corridors. And uh, there's so much value in here that is so easily ported over. Definitely. And I almost with the tables, I almost forgot to mention like my favorite tables and I've started doing more with my games. Uh, they've got uh, the treasure one too, uh, which yeah. is easy to convert over because a lot of times with like gold and things or with uh, giving money out with credits or gold or however, whichever system you're playing with, it can be kind of daunting to know how much to give them, uh, give out to the players. But this goes over for like the challenge rating they have uh, the last monster they fought or kind of the overall dungeon they're in and give you some good roles that you can utilize uh, to give them a, good, a fair amount of credits for it. Uh, so I've started using this pretty extensively because I hate dealing with the economy side of D&D or Star Wars 5e and this simplifies it and kind of makes it a little bit more fair and uh, gives a good amount for kind of what the party accomplished. 
Definitely. Yep. Another thing that I think is is often asked for is kind of like, you know, loot and, and treasure roll tables. So it exists. It just takes a little bit of conversion uh, to some extent, but it's there. So all good stuff. Uh, Tegan, anything else that I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to talk about today? Uh, anything else that you would touch on from the DNG? Yeah, nothing big on that side. There's just, there's just a ton in there. Um, I hope if they do ever do a six edition that they kind of come through and like have a better editor to lay it out easier. Uh, but outside of that, I just recommend even if you just flip through it and kind of see what strikes your eye, uh, taking a quick look at it because it's just really uh, applicable and just easy to convert between the systems. It can give you some fun ideas for new adventures or even just some cool ways to, uh, to save yourself some effort on having to homebrew up your own things. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of tagging on to that last little uh, comment there, uh, the monster manual as well for fifth edition. If uh, you know, it is, of course, just a collection of stat blocks. There's a little bit of information in the front of that that uh, can be useful, though. But again, if you need some monsters, that is a great you know resource as well to go through that, see what's already built and then just kind of convert things a little bit. So you know, utilize the stuff out there. Um, I think uh, Xanathar's has a little bit of a, they didn't Xanathar's offer a little updated uh, stuff on encounter creation as well. Oh, definitely. Yes. Xanathar has had like a different, some additional rules for encounter creation, as well as just some additional adventuring rules too. And I, yeah, that's like Xanathar's outside. Yeah. That's probably my favorite book. Uh, there's so much like extra stuff in there that can make your life easier too. So and I think that's, I haven't looked at that one lately, but yeah, a lot of that probably is pretty applicable for Star Wars 5e too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think in closing, uh, use use the resources available really is, is I think the point to get across that, uh, you know, this stuff easily applies over to uh, the Star Wars 5th edition uh, system. So it just takes a little bit of work to get it over to, to space instead of, uh, you know, dragons and whatnot. So exactly. I'd say don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Probably the big message from this one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Awesome. Well, this was an awesome conversation. I hope that it was great for all of you listeners out there and helped you out. Go uh, check out the Dungeon Master's Guide uh, from 5th Edition and see how that can help your campaign. And if there's anything we didn't touch on that maybe is a favorite little piece of uh, info that you like, let us know um, You know what you've utilized from these resources. Uh, looking ahead to next episode, uh, we mentioned, I think it was last time, um, You know, maybe touching on the... Uh, mass amount of star wars literature out there so we're going to talk about that uh the different books and you know it covers there's like legends and and all that stuff but uh tegan i know has uh has uh, read a ton of that stuff and we might try and get somebody else on as well to join us for that conversation and just just see how one just talk about some of the books and then um you know what you can do from that uh, material to bring into your to your uh, own campaign Definitely. Yeah, there's a, a lot to take in on that side. And uh, I love talking about the Star Wars books. So that should be a really fun site or a fun uh, podcast. Absolutely. So as always, thank you so very much to all of our listeners, followers, subscribers, our Patreons. Of course, uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, we will see you next time. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.